Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? Because we're going to get started in uh, this series called Together. I want to define the word together. It, it actually means in contact, connection, collision. That might not be so good. Or union. It's mixing ingredients together. And the adjective of together is appropriately being prepared. It's being organized. It's being balanced. It's composed in mind or in manner. So the word together carries a number of connotations. And there's a couple of scriptures we want to start out with that we see that talk about togetherness. The first is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Acts 2.44 reads, and this is from the English Standard Version, And all who believe were together and had all things in common. So one of the concepts of being together is, is to have established something in common, bringing about a heartfelt unity and a purposeful commitment to do something significant together. We also see in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 4, verse 16. And this actually is preceded by a verse that talks about speaking the truth in love. And through speaking the truth in love, we grow up in, in our walk with God. And verse 16 goes on to say, From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which is, it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now that's depicting the church, a gathering of believers, such as in this setting, that as we come together, God is wanting us to grow together in such a way that we are working to serve a greater purpose. And our vision this year is for a working body, and that requires us doing this life together, doing things together. So we're going to open in a word of prayer, and we want to continue to lift up Marissa. Uh, she's one of our staff members who's hospitalized, dealing with uh, pancreatitis and uh, gallbladder issues. And so we just want to continue to join our faith and believe God for her healing and recovery. Father, we do thank you for this opportunity as we gather in this place, Father, to receive your word. Father, we pray that you open our eyes to see, our ears to hear as we gain understanding and revelation from the Bible. Father, we do pray for Marissa. We hold her up in, in our prayers and stand with her in our faith. And we believe that you give the doctors wisdom in dealing with these physical challenges, Father, that she's battling right now. We thank you for your healing and your power to bring wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So when we talk about connecting with people and the art of connecting with people, when you think about connecting with someone, what are things you think about? You know, when I think of connecting, I think, what do I have in common? Because then that kind of gives us something to talk about, right? And so that's something that, you know, has been on my heart. I feel like I was wired that way. When I meet someone, I learn their name, I learn a little about them, and then I automatically think, oh, I know so-and-so, and they do this too, and 
I should introduce them sometime. And so it's like an automatic thing that I think we were created to be connected with someone. And so, you know, whether, again, that's on the job, whether that's um, a roommate at school, in your home, you know, being connected is really important. And there's ways that people connect with each other, like through experiences. So um, we did have started something new, seeing we're empty nesters. Um, Matt and I have four children. They're all grown now, and our youngest one just graduated from high school last year and is off to college. So now we have three married children and grandchildren and more grandchildren on the way. So it's an exciting time in life for us. You might want to make an announcement. Do I? About a latest grandchild. Oh, we have a grandchild on the way. But I think a lot of you probably know that. Anyway, if you don't, now you're in on the news. So Michaela and Andy, Michaela, who is just up here emceeing, they are going to be having their first child. And, you know, they just got married in September, so I'm going to have a little conversation with them about this Valentine's Day thing. Like, this is your first Valentine's as a married couple. You know, guys. <laughs> you know. Anyway, that's, that's a side topic there. Although they did communicate with each other, right? They made sure that they were on the same page. But congratulations to you guys for your first child. I was going to say grandchild. Nope. <laughs> first <laughs> child. And we're super, super excited, as are the Schultzes. Andy's parents attend here, too. So get used to calling them grandma and grandpa, because this is their first grandchild. So wave at us, grandma and grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really awesome. A way that we connected years ago is we talked about arranged marriages, and we were all about that. Just kidding. <laughs> Not sure. Not sure. Okay, so something that we've done since we're empty nesters is we have the whole lower level of our house because that's where our kids' bedrooms were. And so we're like, what are we going to do with this space? And so we started doing an Airbnb. So do you know what that is? Airbnb is where um, we kind of become like a hotel to people who are traveling in the area. So they, there's a website, and they look on the website, and we have room, a room or a space for rent. And um, so we just started doing that in the end of October, and we've had like seven different sets of renters throughout that time. But it has been so much fun connecting with people. We've had people from India, and a couple weekends ago we had um, seven, no, eight Chinese students who were all going to school to be attorneys. So that was fun. That and was interesting. Yeah, it was, it was good, really though. fun. And this past weekend we had 14 people at our house. So it was a Boy Scout troop. So they were on the floor everywhere, and the adults got the beds. I don't get what that is. But, <laughs> but anyway, about connecting, you know, we had such a wonderful time with the people that stayed there because we were able to connect. You know, one of the guys that was there is a um, film producer and director and, and went 
to college for that. Then he now is doing his own business. We have sons that are film directors. And so, you know, it's finding what can you connect, on what level can you connect. What you have in common often. So anyway, that's really fun. So when if you're somebody who thinks, well, I'm just an introvert and I don't like to talk to people, well, you kind of have to get over yourself because you do have to talk to people. You know, there's, there's times you just have to talk. And so that's a really good way to think. What's one way that I can connect with someone? What's something that I can find that we have in common? And shyness is not an excuse. That used to be my excuse. I'm just a shy person and I don't talk to people. I don't talk to strangers. That's what my mom taught me. But I realized that I couldn't hide behind that cloak of being a shy person because that was preventing me from connecting with people in a meaningful way. So when we talk about the art of communication, we realize that communication is a skill that you develop. And, and failure to connect is a failure to develop that skill. And so it's something you have to work at, whether it's marriage or a working relationship. You have to work at it. Because with every skill, you have to work at developing and perfecting that skill, whatever it is. Right? <laughs> You're and, right. <laughs> and so <laughs> we're still working on it. Now, we're going to be celebrating 26 years or 27? Seven. 27. Wow. It only seems like a couple, you know. That's, anyway, yeah. But connecting actually is something that God does and wants to do with us. And it's connecting from the heart because God's focus is always <laughs> focused on the condition of our heart. And the core reason for communication is to build community, to co build a connection, and that has to somehow be associated with the heart. Now, whether that be in your marriage, whether it's with a roommate, or whether it's at the job or school, uh, we all want to be connected in one way or another to, in order to live in harmony, to get along, to live in a place of that connectedness should be our goal. And you know that when God created us, he didn't create us to be alone. He created us to connect and connecting with him. You know, when I, um, I don't know if any of you, the first time that I ever walked into a worship service like this, like this is at Refuge, the first thing that I was like taken back by is how these people engaged and connected with God, because that was something that I hadn't experienced in my life before. And so when I walked in, I was like, oh my gosh, like these people are raising their hands and like really getting into the song, you know, to the words of the song. And, and I was like, I just used to go to church and sing and, you know, make a joyful noise, you know, those kinds of things. But, but it wasn't, it didn't have that same kind of connection. And so when we think about that, you know, there has to be a time that we step outside of ourself and release who we are to engage with Jesus Christ. And worship, like today's worship, is one way to experience that. What a powerful time that was. So in scriptures, Romans 12, 15, it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. 
that refers to being in relationship. You know, we're not going to exactly get like super excited for somebody at the same level as when we know someone like Andy and Michaela and having a baby. Like you're excited for them, but I am like really, really excited for them. You know, it's, it's on a different level. And so, you know, when you know people, when you're connected with people, you have that kind of relationship. And that's, what, that's how God wants it. The same with the sad times. You know, when you go through sad times, there's people that have been through those things too, and they can help us. They can encourage us through those times. And that's connecting. That's the art of connection. In Matthew 18, 20, it says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So guess how many are in this room? A whole lot more than two or three. And so because of that, because we acknowledge Jesus, he's in the midst of us. And again, as we're hearing the different things we're speaking today, there's some things you're going to connect with more than others. But really take heed to what's being said. And as you leave this place, you know, just think about some of the things and think about how you can tweak relationships you have, how you can make them better, how you can be that person to somebody who might need you in their lives. And there's a lot of reasons why people have a difficult time connecting with others. And I believe the number one reason is fear. When we look at Adam and Eve, God's first couple, it was fear that kept Adam from really connecting with God. After Adam sinned, he hid himself. And God was looking for him. But it's fear that of what Adam had done that caused him to not want to connect with God because he's afraid of being exposed. And, and so Adam was afraid to communicate with God because the sin was in the way. And he didn't want God to see him. In that condition. And another uh, reason people fail to connect is insecurity. You're just insecure with yourself and you think, what if they don't like me? What if they, you know, they think I'm dumb or uh, whatever? You know, there's so many reasons of insecurity that plague a person. Or the sense of unworthiness. That's another reason people don't connect. They just don't feel worthy. They don't feel good enough. Okay. Uh, another one is anxiety. And anxiety, I believe, exists many times because of, of unrealistic expectations. We don't want to disappoint somebody or let them down because we don't understand what they expect of me. And so anxiety can be a root of, of causing us to fail to connect with others. And, and, and that sometimes brings us into a place of isolation. Well, I'll just stay to myself. I'll keep to myself. And yet then we miss so much because we fail to connect. So... All right. Whoops. Aren't these devices fun? Now, what's interesting about God, when God approached Adam, he was more concerned about the condition of his heart than the fact that he sinned. See, he had a solution to the condition of his heart. He had the ability to change it. And so in connecting with Adam, that was God's intent. It was to restore him, to bring healing into his life. And, and so often what's on the outside doesn't matter as much as the condition of the heart. God's really concerned about that. And what people look like 
you know, Jesus, he addressed that. He always looked at the condition of men's hearts. In the Pharisees, he said, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. You look great on the outside, but yet inside you're full of corruption. The heart condition is what the Lord was looking at. And he was looking at it with intent to change it. And so, yeah, you can have someone who is a rule follower, or we can call him a law keeper, but the heart may be in rebellion. They may be doing everything on the outside that appears right, but inside they, they may have issues. And it's a heart condition. You know, I think for us, something that, that we really learned about heart condition more on a practical level is when we had teenagers. Somebody can relate. <laughs> Mark's connecting right now. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, it seemed like when they were toddlers and, you know, those, those intermediate grades, you know, they just kind of did what we asked them to do. And all of a sudden, like, these brains turned on that were like, what? You're thinking for yourself? Like, what are you doing? You know, except that's what they're supposed to do, right? And so one of the things is, you know, as our children got older, what really mattered to us was the condition of their heart. I could care less how long their hair was. I could care less about some of, you know, the ways they dressed. It might not be the way I would have picked. But what I cared about was their heart. Are they dressing that way because of rebellion? Because in their heart, they're just like showing that stuff on the outside? But what's the condition of the heart? Because that, that's what's most important. I don't, I don't care how much hair you have or don't have. Because some of you bald guys, you know, you have good hearts, right? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that that stuff really doesn't matter. It's the condition of our heart. And you know, because the Bible says, you know, that we kind of all start out wicked. You know, we all start out with that sin nature. And it's when we come to know Jesus Christ that that changes in us. In the situation where uh, God told the prophet Samuel to seek out a new king and anoint a new king, the instruction given to Samuel was don't look on the outward appearance. Look upon the heart. And, and, and the scripture tells us that God looks on the heart, not outward appearance. You know, some of our best experiences at Refuge as of recent years have been our small group experiences. And, and when we talk about connecting, um, something that we're doing in one of the small groups, which is our, our Wednesday night one, so plug in for Wednesday night, although there's small groups going on all through the week, those are times you can really connect with people. It's a lot harder to do it in a bigger crowd, but in those small groups, you have opportunity to really get to know each other. So something that we're doing in one of the small groups is we're sharing our testimony. So we're taking turns, and whoever wants to, not everybody has to, but just sharing what they came from and where they are now and where God's taking them. And we've only done a few weeks of it with this, this, um, this testimony times that we're doing. And I'll tell you, it is just wonderful to see how people have connected with Jesus Christ. And you know, you all have a story. You all were one place at one time in your life. But when you opened your heart up to Jesus Christ, 
There are things that changed on the inside of you. That's connection. Connecting with Jesus is what's most important. You know, when um, we make ourselves vulnerable when we connect with people, like there's things about me that you probably are not going to like the closer you get to me. Truth, sorry, even though I, I he wonder thinks what that I'm is. perfect, but you know. I haven't found it yet, so I'm still looking. I'm thinking he has. I'm thinking he has. We're not supposed to lie, honey. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you just have a blind side, you know. Yeah. Love will do that to you, yeah. you know. It's a choice, it's, it's for sure. But, you know, it's knowing that when we build relationships with people, we're taking a risk, right? Like, I'm taking a risk. The day that I said I do to him, that was a risk. It was a good risk, though. She didn't know what she was getting into. It was a wonderful thing. It still is a wonderful thing. You know, that doesn't mean that it's been without challenges because there have been challenges. Remember those teenage years with those children? <laughs> but it's all good now. <laughs> Um, but those challenges are part of who connect us with each other, too. Because when you have challenges in a marriage, it'll do one of two things. Drive you further apart or closer together. You know, and, and those of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ know that we're not in this relationship alone. That Jesus Christ is really who bonds us together. You know, I, I don't know how people stay married without Jesus. Because otherwise, it's just a lot of self and a lot of me, me, me. But when Jesus in, is involved, it, we take a step back and we're like, okay, so are we really acting the way God would want us to? Are we really saying things the way God would want us to? So effective communication, you know, being aware of how we talk with people, being intentional about how we talk with people. Those take, a, there's a few things that have to come into place. Yeah, we have a number of these, and so Deb's going to share the first three, and then I'll share the last three. Okay. With that. So integrity, learning to be the same person that you are all the time. Like when you come to our house, you aren't going to see a different Matt than you see during the week here. It's the same guy, you know? You're going to see the same me at home as you're going to see anywhere else. If we have to take our hats off when we're in different environments, you know, you probably need a heart check because we shouldn't be different people in different environments. You may have heard the saying, fake it till you make it. Well, you can't fake it. You need to be genuine, authentic in whatever setting you're in. Be aware of your emotional level. You know, emotions are those things like those buttons that people know how to push, right? So, like, he knows which buttons to push when it comes to, you know. And there's times where I'll be like, okay, you're pushing those buttons. Dripping faucet. Who knows what a dripping faucet is? So the Bible talks about a nagging wife like a dripping faucet. Like, who likes to hear that dripping of that faucet? Well, sometimes I say to my husband, dripping faucet. <laughs> and it goes both ways, dripping right. faucet. We know what that means. Like, Guys stop. can be nags too. So. <laughs> and the other thing is fear, the enemy of communication. Like, I'm not going to go up and talk to that person because blah, blah, blah. Like, why not? There are people just like you're a person. 
And so it's knowing that you can have confidence in who you are to talk to anyone because you're a person just like they are. You know, you do the same kinds of things as they do and, and when it comes to day-to-day -day living. But knowing that there's a way that I can connect with that person, just find out what that is. Ask them where they live. Ask them if they have children. Ask them if they've gone to school. Like all those kinds of things, there's great ways to communicate and connect with people. How I came out of my shyness was to show myself friendly. I was reading in Proverbs one day, and the scripture said, he who has friends must show himself friendly. And I realized I was failing at that. So then I began to step out of my comfort zone and because of my, and, and break free from being such an introverted person. And, and then that began to open up a whole world of connections with me and relationships. And I could share a couple of stories on that, but I'm going to share the last three on this list of effective communication awareness. Uh, the fourth one is blame. Um, actually, this was, we need to be aware of the fact, are we blaming everyone else? And it's really an irresponsible attitude because when you assign blame to others, you're not taking responsibility for your own issues. You need to own your stuff. And um, so uh, don't always be quick to blame because whenever you point the finger at somebody, guess what? How many fingers are pointing back at you? You need to consider that. You need to consider your own issues before you attach or associate blame with others. And then the, the next one, number five, is, is response plus ability equals responsibility. See, it's, uh, responsibility is to be able to respond to a situation having the ability to make it right, if at all possible. And, and so sometimes it may be an apology. And it's responding to the ability that you have to work through a situation. Don't be so quick and willing to check out or bail out. You need to take responsibility. And it's really responding to ability to bring wholeness in a relationship, maybe where there's some challenges or issues. Because you may connect with somebody. There may be a disconnect. But then there needs to be a reconnect to bring healing and wholeness in that situation. And then the last one area of this, it's actually uh, qualities of trust, loyalty, faithfulness, and honesty. In fact, these are the cornerstones to understand misunderstandings that may occur in a relationship. And one of the things that uh, we discover is, is that often we judge others by their actions but we judge ourselves by our intentions. And so, well, I didn't intend to do that. Well, you did. But yet we're so quick to judge somebody because of a wrong action. But maybe they didn't intend to do that. So you need to give others the same grace that you give yourself when it comes to intentions versus actions. You know, and, and like when we were talking about how much time we give to what other people think about us, like that's kind of a waste of time, isn't it? Because they're probably not thinking about us as much as we think they're thinking about us. <laughs> and we get so messed up in our heads sometimes, don't we? 
you know, and, and sometimes it's, it's don't give yourself so much time thinking about what other people think about you. You know, um, there's, there's a lady right now who's pretty um, dynamic, a speaker who talks about like psychological kinds of things, but also couples it with the word of God. Her name is Dr. Carolyn Leaf. And if you've never read a book by her or an article, I want to encourage you to do that. But she um, really is talking a lot about how we wire and rewire our brain and how we think. And, you know, all that is is really how we talk to ourselves. And so I can think all these horrible things about myself, or I can focus on what God's Word says about me. You know, one of the things that um, Pastor Matt has done over the years that we've done over the years when we've been meeting with people who are really struggling in their thought realm with anxiety and depression and being overwhelmed with all these things. So give them an example of somebody coming to you and saying, I just can't get out of my mind. I am like all messed up in there thinking all these horrible things and life is awful and I'm never going to make it. Well, the Bible tells us in Romans 12, uh, chapter 2, it talks about the transformation that occurs through the renewing of our mind. And it's, so it's what we're subjecting ourselves to and what you're allowing to influence your emotions and all that. But generally, if a person's dealing with, with a lot of condemnation, uh, self-hatred, and negativism, then I'll, I'll, I'll say, okay, I'm going to just pray for you right now. And I'll lay my hand on their head, and I'll begin to speak the word of God over them. I'll speak what God has said about them. And I'll, I'll begin to pray maybe something like this. Father, I thank you that according to your word, you said we have the mind of Christ. And you declare that the wisdom of God is formed within us. And according to your word, Father, you said that we are complete in Christ, who is the head of all principality and power. You said that we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. I'll begin to just quote and speak the word of God. And that will begin to change the way they think about themselves. Because when we understand what God says about us, that will affect how we think about ourselves. Because what's most important is what God thinks about us. Not what we think about ourselves or what others think about us. It's getting it straight from the creator the one who has spoken so passionately in love about us as his children. You know, and we really live in a generation, in a culture that says to take a pill for everything, right? Take a pill, take a vitamin, do this, do that. But the tool that they don't have is God's word. And that's a tool that we do have. And I'm not saying don't take medication, okay? So make sure that's on this teaching, I'm saying take that medication if that's what you're supposed to be doing. But then know what God's word says about your mind and about how you think. Let that be more real to you. And there are people, I know so many people that were on medication at one time because they couldn't get control of their thoughts. And that's changed. They don't have to take medication anymore because God's word has just exploded on the inside of them in a positive way. And so, again, I'm not saying don't take medication, but I'm saying take it, thanking God, believing God for healing in your mind. Proverbs 4.20 says that God's word is like medicine. 
it is a medicine that truly brings healing and wholeness to our mind and our thoughts and our bodies. And an awesome scripture that I absolutely love is in Philippians 4 and verse 8. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So maybe before you take that medication that you have to take, read that. And read that every day. And let that become part of your thinking. I'm going to think about things that are good. I'm going to think about things that are lovely. I'm going to think about things that are excellent. Because they're out there too. It's not all the negative stuff that's out there. And then I want to recommend a book to you. And it's called Telling Yourself the Truth. This book is absolutely excellent if you deal with things that you think about that are true or aren't true or what am I thinking? Is it what I'm supposed to be thinking? They talk about something called misbeliefs. And what is a misbelief? It's believing something that to be true that isn't true. And we all do that. Like, I think stupid things about myself sometimes, you know. And then I have to be like, oh, yeah. Like, what am I doing? Why am I going down that path when I know that I can think good things about myself because of Jesus Christ? Not because I'm all high and mighty, because that's not the truth either. (laughs) It is because I know who I am in Christ, because he's made me a new person. I'm not the same Deb as I was 30, 40 years ago. I'm a different person because of who Jesus Christ, who I've allowed Jesus Christ to make me to be. You know, we live in an information age, but we also live in a misinformation age. And, and we attach our belief. And if that belief is in a falsehood or a lie, that has power in your life that can be very destructive. And so we need to believe the truth. In Philippians 4.8, that Pastor Deb read, that is really criteria for proper thinking. And so as you're thinking thoughts, uh, put Philippians 4.8 and let that be the criteria to really judge and assess what you're thinking. Does it line up with the criteria that the scripture gives us? So, you know, when we think about truth and what we believe, there really is only one truth. There's all kinds of philosophers out there that'll tell you other things. You know, there's ones that say emotions aren't results of chance, but determined by how people think. Or I think, therefore I am. Or I think in order to determine the way I am. And you know, some of this stuff, you can just keep talking in circles with what truth is. Like I've taken a psychology class or a philosophy class in college. And I was like, this is like a bunch of, I can make up anything I want to be truth. Like, really? That's how that class was. And guess what? That was before I knew Jesus. And I did really well in that class. I actually found a paper that I wrote years later. And I'm like, this is like garbage. Like, there's no content here. Because truth was whatever I wanted it to be. But you know what? I know the real truth. And the real truth, the only truth is Jesus Christ. So when you're in those classes, you guys, when you're hearing all that stuff, Take what they're saying and find scripture, because that's the truth. That's the truth of the word of God. John 14, 16, 
or six, <laughs> Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he is the only way. You know, all those other guys that are supposed to be these gods, like they all died. Our Jesus Christ, he rose, he's living, he's on the inside of us. He's the truth, you know? <laughs> you know, and part of you guys hearing this stuff is so that you take it out into your world because you've experienced a life transformation that's only come through the truth of knowing Jesus Christ. Well, there's more that we could share, but we're going to kind of wrap things up here, you know, and, and knowing that even after today, to even when you think about the term misbelief, if something is said negatively about you and you're thinking others are thinking negatively about you, you need to ask, is that a misbelief? There may be some truth to it, but it's not conclusive truth. There may be something you need to do to change, but use that as a challenge, as something, okay, this is a criticism that I can take constructively. So you can choose to take it destructively, even if it was meant that way. But yet, as you take it before God, say, Lord, what needs to change in my life? What do you need to do in my life? And, and so I believe, and there's so many more things that we could share. One of the things, just a term, learn to be a power listener. And to be a power listener means you need to be plugged in. For the lights to work, for devices to work, you have to plug them in. For you to be an effective listener, you need to be plugged in. Plugged into God and plugged into your spouse, plugged into others that are trying to speak or communicate to you. And so being a power listener means that you're going to really, truly hear what others are saying. First and foremost, what God is saying. And, and so one of the things as we bring this to conclusion is understanding that Jesus was the greatest example of communication. Do you want to address that a little bit as we wrap this up? Well, you know, when people talk about God talking to me, that's always something that I was always like, what do you mean God's talking to you? Like, those people go in rubber rooms, and, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to go in one of those, because that's how I thought when God's talking to people. Again, until I knew Jesus. You know what I found out is that when I open the Bible, every single day that I read God's Word, He's talking to me. When I receive something that, that I'm reading, that's Jesus talking to me. So if you read your Bible, God talks to you. That's an easy way that he talks to you. When you're praying, when you're worshiping, it's just knowing that he hears you just like you can hear him. Um, I don't, sorry. As we bring this to a close, one of the things we want to extend to you is an opportunity to connect to the author of life. And we understand that to be Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us that he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And as we look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, we can find fulfillment. We can find the answers that we need in this life. 
when we consider what Jesus did for you and for me, for us, he did something so significant that we cannot ignore, that we cannot discard. We understand that God's love was manifest in such a way to send his only son, Jesus. And through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, he brought life. He brought freedom. He brought forgiveness of sins. The scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, that even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, that he, Jesus, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. What is grace? Grace is God extending his favor to each and every one of us. That favor allows us to receive what we don't deserve. That grace allows us to receive forgiveness for our sins. And unless we receive that forgiveness, we will live our lives with guilt and condemnation. We'll live our lives trying to justify our sin and say it's okay because everyone is doing it. But yet we never deal with the root of it because we haven't received God's grace. And so this morning, God is wanting to extend his grace to you. And if you've never received his grace, you are a candidate to not only receive his grace, but to receive his love that will bring into your life a connection with him. And so I desire today, in fact, let's stand together. We're going to, in a moment, pray. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know that my life is right with God. If you were to die today, maybe you're uncertain whether you would go to heaven or hell. And if you're basing what you believe, if you're going to heaven on your good works, it's not your good works that will get you there. It's the work that Jesus did for you by dying on the cross. Because he took your place, he paid you a penalty. And the scripture tells us when we acknowledge Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. That word saved means to be delivered. It means to be set free from sin, from condemnation, from guilt, from shame. And all of us in our humanity deal with that junk. But Jesus is the only one that can bring the remedy, the answer that we all desperately need. So with every head bowed, nobody looking around, this is really between you and God and me. If you hear you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I know my life is not right with God. I need his mercy. I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. And I'm willing to open my heart to him. I'm willing to repent and turn from my sin and turn my heart and my life to Christ. If that's you, lift your hand. Can I see that? I see those hands. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for those hands. For those of you that raised your hands, we're going to pray a prayer together. I call it the believer's prayer. It's a prayer that we pray that affirms our faith, our trust, our belief in Jesus. So together we'll pray this. Even if you've prayed this prayer before, as a congregation we'll pray this prayer. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, 
open my heart to you. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Lord Jesus, you came to die for my sins. You rose from the dead to give me new life. Today, I put my trust in you. I open my heart to you. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for everyone, those especially that raise their hands to receive you. I pray that you would reveal yourself, that you would allow them to experience your mercy, your love, and your transforming power that is capable of changing the condition of our heart. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for everyone else, Father, that you would enable them to better connect in healthy relationships, Father, that can be beneficial. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for healing where there's been disconnects, where there's been broken relationships, where there's been heartache, that your God would move among the people here in a way, Father, to reveal yourself in Jesus' name. Pastor Deb, you want to pray too? Father, I do agree with Matt, and I pray for every broken heart here, every broken relationship. God, that you speak to our heart and you help us to know what to do to mend things. God, I just thank you that you give us a revelation of who we are in you. As we read your word, God, that you speak to our hearts and you remind us of the awesomeness of who we are because we're one of your children. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for your healing today. In Jesus' name, thank you. In a couple of moments, the prayer team is going to come up here, but we want to spend some time worshiping God in in a a final song. Thank you so much for being so attentive to the word. And, you know, it's a joy for Pastor Deb Deb and I. I, She is my wife. I, I respect her because she also is a pastor. But Deb and I, we desire to see healthy connections within this church. Because if we can do it within this body, we'll be better able to connect with this community. Because there's so many people that need Jesus. They need Christ. And we have a mission here to make a difference in our city. We want to save our city. We want to see this city come to Christ. Thank you so much for serving with us. God bless you. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge. Refuge.